0: This is episode 569 of the AWS podcast, released on January 30th, 2023. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Sam Lashley here with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by two very special guests. I'm joined by Pooja Trivedi, who is a software development engineer here at AWS. Welcome to the podcast, Pooja. Thank
2: you so much. Glad to be here.
1: Good to have you here. And I'm also joined by Vipin Mohan, who is a Principal Product Manager here at AWS. G'day, Vipin. How are you doing?
0: Doing well, Simon. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Good to have you here. Now, we are going to be talking about containers. We're going to be talking about bare metal. We're going to be talking about lots of cool stuff. Um, But let's start at the start. Uh, Vipin, what is Amazon EKS Anywhere and what does it do for customers?
0: Yeah. um, So Amazon EKS Anywhere is a deployment option for Amazon EKS. And customers can create and operate Kubernetes clusters on-premises with EKS Anywhere. So as our listeners may know, Kubernetes is open source software that helps uh, orchestrate deployment, scaling, and management of containerized applications. And Amazon EKS is a managed service that helps customers do all of this in the cloud. But a number of our customers told us that they have existing investments in hardware on-premises, and they want to continue to leverage that. Also you know there are other customers who have regulatory or governance requirements that define where they can actually deploy their workloads you know the cloud is not always an option for them uh, and there are some others who told us you know that they want to run on compute that's closer to their end customers or their data center so think of you know gaming applications or you know even some financial services wherein the proximity to the end user is critical so eKS anywhere simplifies on premise kubernetes management and gives uh, on-premise tooling for customers to run Kubernetes that is consistent with EKS in the cloud. And they get AWS as one-stop shop for all of their Kubernetes needs.
1: That's great. And I think it's, it's interesting when we think about the con- container space, the Kubernetes space. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of work involved in running your Kubernetes infrastructure effectively and efficiently. And so EKS is designed to take away our old friend, undifferentiated heavy lifting from that particular problem, but also to allow you to have consistency between your AWS implementation and on-premises. But the thing with on-premises stuff is it involves hardware. And as I often tell people, hardware is hard. Um, Puja, what, where can I run EKS Anywhere today?
2: So uh, the first version of EKS Anywhere that we launched was running on VMware vSphere. So, you know, we talked to our customers initially and they told us that, as Vipin mentioned, they had some existing uh, VMware infrastructure already running on-premises for them and they had an investment in there and they wanted to leverage that investment to run Kubernetes. And that's how our first release ended up being support for VMware vSphere. And with that first GA release, I, I wanted to throw in this little you know, cool little tidbit on the side <laughs> because it's very useful and uh, very handy. So, along with that, vSphere provider support, which was our, our main like production level support, we also had support for the Docker provider, uh, where somebody could create like a small non-production cluster on their local machine or on their test machine or whatever have you, just to kind of get started and get a feel of the product and for testing and development purposes. Uh, so that was really cool, and then. You know, so that was our first GA on VMware vSphere. And then following that, we went back and uh, talked to the customers, as we always do. And we gathered a bunch of feedback and listened to them and incrementally worked backward from there. And what resulted and materialized is EKS Anywhere on Bare Metal. And so that was our GA release earlier this year. Towards the very end of June, is EKS anywhere running on bare metal servers in a customer's data center on premises?
1: Now, this is a pretty cool thing, and I'm I'm always excited when we get uh, software development engineers on on the podcast because um, they'll always tell us what's easy and what's hard. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of stuff is hard that we make look easy. But um, you know t- tell us about you know bare metal itself and and what this actually gives you. Help us triangulate that.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I'm going to take a little step backwards here. So as we know, you know, we've all, uh, you know, we've gone a a long road uh, in terms of cool technologies like virtualization and containerized deployments and cloud computing and serverless technologies and, you know, all that cool stuff. Um, And, you know, Despite of all that cool innovative technologies which have helped us quite a bit along the way, on premises bare metal servers still remain pretty popular and for some very good reasons, you know, customers want to run their applications directly on bare metal servers for you know, performance benefits for use cases like applications wanting to have direct access to the underlying hardware with technologies like DPDK or SRIOV or similar. And also, you know, they want to simplify their infrastructure stack. They want to take away the complexity of virtualization layers and, you know, configuration and maintenance of those and whatnot. And then also like the licensing and support costs that come with those infrastructures and everything. So bare metal, like I said, is popular. And, you know, as they modernize their applications, they also kind of want a more consistent and seamless experience of running Kubernetes on their bare metal servers on-prem as they would on cloud. So they want their applications to feel as seamless and they want a similar experience both on-prem and on cloud. And, you know, EKS Anywhere on bare metal kind of gives all of that to them precisely. So, you know, it gives them that choice of being able to run Kubernetes directly on their bare metal servers in their data center. And then along with that, it gives them the flexibility of it, you know, bundled open source tool set that it has uh, so that customers can fully provision their clean slate bare metal servers from scratch with an OS of their choice, any provisioning actions of their choice, and then ultimately install Kubernetes on these to create a Kubernetes cluster out of those servers. And then once that first cluster is ready and going, you know, they, you know, EKS Anywhere's tooling, as I mentioned, also allows them to do cluster lifecycle maintenance operations with the EKS Anywhere tooling, or optionally, they can use a tooling of their choice as well for maintaining the lifecycle of the cluster, like upgrades or deletes or whatever have you. And, you know, just A little bit more detail on that. So I said EKS Anywhere on bare metal servers allows you to do that provisioning from scratch of the servers. And that that pretty much involves, you know, Powering up the servers, then, uh, you know. <laughs>
1: provisioning. Yeah. <laughs> All the stuff. boot,
2: <laughs> Installing a brand new, fresh OS on it and then doing any customized provisioning actions on it once the OS is installed. And then after that, going over to installing Kubernetes and such. But that first part of provisioning the bare metal server with the OS and any other provisioning needs, any other additional softwares, network configurations, and all that. EKS Anywhere accomplishes that by bundling an open-source bare-metal provisioning engine called Tinkerbell that AWS uh, developers have heavily contributed to and are maintaining it currently. And they not only took that open-source provisioning platform from like a traditional services stack to a completely cubified version. And when I use that word, what I mean is they took a services stack that ran traditional services and then converted it into Kubernetes components uh, running Mm. as controllers and pods and Kubernetes services themselves. And then for the latter part where I said that once the servers are provisioned, we create Kubernetes clusters out of it, do cluster lifecycle maintenance on it, all that is done by the open source bundle tooling uh, that EKS Anywhere has, that is based on the foundation of Cluster API, which listeners may know is, you know, another project that provides very Kubernetes-centric declarative APIs and tooling for provisioning, creating, maintaining, upgrading multiple Kubernetes clusters. So, yeah, I mean, I can go into more detail as we talk. or <laughs> It does I can a stop
1: lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does <laughs> a lot is what we're saying. And, and I think that's the interesting part is that, you know, if, you, if you've ever managed on-premises infrastructure own infrastructure, there's a fair bit of fiddling that goes on. Um, yep. And and we, we kind of, you know, in, in, in our modern world, we're trying to reduce the amount of fiddling that we have to do uh, to get value quicker. Um Vipin, I know that a a lot of customers were were talking to you and the team about all the problems they were facing and what they want it to be like. So what are some of those challenges that you saw and and where does this sort of fit in?
0: Yeah, so it's a great question, Simon. So first thing, you know, like you mentioned, hardware is hard, but let me dive a little deeper to tell you why, you know, customers told us it's hard. Uh, So we have customers, you know, who run Kubernetes on bare metal infrastructure and for them, just Managing that entire infrastructure is complex. So it requires specialized expertise. They make significant investments in the time and build tooling to automate just the Kubernetes cluster lifecycle management. And many times customers hire these uh, talent for this or develop some of these tooling and skills in-house. And all of this leads to, like you said, our good friend undifferentiated heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. And our customers told us that, you know, they're allocating a lot of valuable resources to infrastructure options, rather than focusing on innovating and deploying new features to their customers. So using a virtualization layer for on-premise Kubernetes management alleviates some of these problems, but customers also told us that it adds software licensing and support costs. So our goal is to meet customers where they are. So we, like Pooja mentioned, we launched with EKS Anywhere support for vSphere on-premises, And to cater to our customers who are using bare metal servers and hardware on premises, we launched EKS Anywhere on bare metal. And essentially what we're doing is we're taking the undifferentiated heavy lifting that customers do today and all of the the additional time, the effort, and money that they're spending on, on these tasks. We're taking that away from our customers and we're making it seamless for customers to run Kubernetes no matter what infrastructure they use on premises.
1: And so in terms of some of the the, the hardware compatibility and, and, the, and the complexity, and, and Pooja, I'm going to come to you because I'm sure you spent many wonderful hours trying to make all this stuff work.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, <laughs> totally. what, what
1: is supported uh, from, a, I guess, a hardware and OS perspective at the moment? What's coming?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Let me start with the operating systems. So at launch... We GA'd with support for uh, AWS's Bottle Rocket and the Ubuntu operating systems. As people may or may not know, AWS's Bottle Rocket OS is basically a Linux based operating system that Amazon created, and it is very purpose built for running containers. So it has, ve- you know, the beauty of it is that it, its footprint is tiny. Mm. And it only installs those very essential software components that are necessary to run containers efficiently. And because that set is so limited, it is very easy to like tightly manage and keep it secure. Those are all always secure and the attack surface is reduced greatly. And of course, the resource requirements and usage is reduced greatly as well. And the biggest thing it also helps with is, you know, reducing the operational costs because it's really purpose built for consistently and seamlessly and similarly operating um, multiple Containerized hosts uh, and allowing for easy operationalization of those. So, anyway, enough about Bottle Rocket, and sorry to venture out there. No, uh, it's, it's, it
1: is it is one of those areas that's very cool. And it, it, once you sort of pick away, it, you go, wow, this is this is amazing. I mean, it's it's super fast, super secure, It does a whole lot of stuff. So,
2: yes, absolutely on the Bottle Rocket side. <laughs> yep, and that is our default configuration that we provide. But we also support Ubuntu out of the box uh, currently with the initial GA release. As a fast follow, we're going to support RHEL, which is the Red Hat Enterprise Linux, and that's coming soon enough. And then from there, we're planning to, again, go back to our customers, get feedback, you know, work backwards to figure out what other OS areas we need to expand in in the very near future and add support for. Yeah. Um
1: it's always the way to figure out what, what is needed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what exactly. is are
1: there any are there any gotchas or any things that we need to keep in mind here in terms of what, what you can mix and match with?
2: Uh that is a really good question. So, and I was gonna touch on hardware very soon as well. But just to give a little bit more detail, so when we do the full provisioning of these hardware servers using EKS Anywhere, initially what happens is we install a very small Linux Git based in-memory OS on these servers that allows these servers to get bootstrapped and then run all the provisioning steps that are necessary, including installing the full-fledged OS that's coming later, which is Bottle Rocket or Ubuntu. And that small OS, we try to make it as full-fledged in terms of drivers and hardware support as we can. But there are gotchas where because we try to keep the size of that in-memory OS very tiny, there is a possibility that some of the oddball hardwares may not have some compatible drivers in there. And in which case, we kind of take it on an as-needed basis from the customer feedback, from community enthusiast feedbacks, and then we kind of build more into that that hook OS, as we call it, which is the initial bootstrap OS. But, you know, that brings me to my next point of hardware compatibility. And as you and Vipin were saying, hardware is hard. You know, once you get into the customer premises, it's it's a wild, wild west. And <laughs> people have all kinds of hardware over there. So as far as hardware support, the approach that we took was we tried to procure in-house as much standardized Hardware as we could, as far as our you know customer surveys went and such. So, you know, HPs, Dell's, Supermicros, Lenovo's, and we tried to test out with whatever we could procure and as many combinations as we could, and. We sort of listed all that hardware out that we have tested on and vetted the software on on our EKS Anywhere documentation. And we can possibly put a link to that somewhere.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: And besides that, we're constantly keeping our eyes and ears open. We're, we're checking our GitHub for community enthusiasts, reporting what they're seeing. We're constantly talking to our customers who tried out our beta, uh, customers who are currently trying out our GA to see what hardware they've tried it on. We slowly augment our hardware list as things work for them. If If anybody ever runs into an oddball hardware snag case, then we make sure that we accommodate for that and we start supporting that and then we add that to our list as well so we're kind of taking this incremental approach towards hardware support given what a crazy world it is out there with the
1: hardware (laughs) (laughs) everyone's always got weird you know combinations of network cards and sand ports and all other fun stuff but but there's some pre-flight checks that can help with this as well aren't there maybe tell us a bit about what, what that does
2: yeah definitely so we, you know, and I'll t- I'll touch on preflight validations in general. So, EKS Anywhere before it starts, it does do a pretty extensive set of preflight validations not only in terms of you know the oss that are supported and what's running uh, but also in terms of the kind of cluster you're trying to create the kind of provisioning and bootstrapping steps you're trying to do on these servers what kind of networking support you're trying to add and storage support you're trying to add on these servers and so you know A lot of these checks do help with any kind of configuration parameters that you're trying to create your cluster with. There are, you know, and and as far as the OS itself is concerned, we try to standardize the OS as much as possible, you know, kind of like standardizing it in a way like a standard ubuntu distribution will have Mm. which you know will boot on most standard hardware so we kind of kind of try to make an umbrella like that where we cover all of that and then whatever we can't cover we try to cover as much as we can with the pre-flight validations there and you know hopefully that covers everything and then we yeah we try and
1: try and cover a lot of stuff beforehand so that when you press go (laughs) it's likely to work rather than you know this is wrong or that's wrong, et cetera. So exactly. I think it's important. Exactly. And, and as you say, it'll evolve over time. And, and Vip and I guess, you know, before the the, the GA announcement, we've been working with customers to, to see what they think. And that's a big part of your role is talking to customers and hearing what they say and taking that feedback back. Tell us a bit about that experience of what you were hearing.
0: Yeah, so we had a beta program for EKS Anywhere on bare metal. And as with anything at AWS and Amazon, right, so we defined the product based on working backwards from our customers. So we involved some of those customers in our beta, and uh, we collaborated with customers across a variety of you know industries and verticals. And following launch, customers are starting to use EKS Anywhere on bare metal in production. Uh, I'll call out a couple of customers simply because you know of how different the use cases can be. The first one is iSpot.tv. So they help advertisers measure the brand and business impact of TV and streaming advertising. So think of how you know you would if, if you're you know, like making an advertisement on TV or you know, on streaming media, you want to measure how your brand is doing from concept to it being aired and then to conversion. And that requires a lot of like scalable workloads, both in the cloud and on premises. So for them, they needed the flexibility and performance of running Kubernetes on the cloud and on premises with the same consistency. And the ability to just install and run EKS anywhere on bare metal and getting a fully supported Kubernetes orchestration tooling was super important for them. And uh, we we, we were excited to work with them in the beta. The other use case I'll talk about, which is very different from streaming and TV ads is parallel wireless. So, Parallel Wireless are a leading software provider for wireless infrastructure, and they provide solutions to customers both outdoor and indoor with private networks. And for them, they have a lot of latency-sensitive workloads that run on cell sites, and these workloads run, some of them run on public clouds, and some of them run on private clouds. And it's essential for them to have a common and responsive infrastructure so that they can serve all of their customers across the globe with the same uh, you know, like SLAs and performance. And what they told us was you know, the ability to deploy EKS Anywhere directly on bare metal machines help them reduce costs and easily leverage the specialized hardware that they have. So you know, all of these telco mm. work- workloads, mm. they, they have like specialized hardware. They need access to underlying you know, hardware and radio components, for example. So, parallel wireless are looking to use EKS anywhere for their radio access network or RAN five G deployment use case, which is running on containers. So, those are like a couple of different use cases, which I thought were very unique.
1: Yeah, two two really different cases, and and just make the point of where where it's needed. Now, there's there's a there's a tool or capability a a, a thing that I, that many of our listeners may not be aware of, but um, you know when we talk about running you know, EKS on on AWS on, on premises and you, know, you may have a collection of, uh, of Kubernetes clusters. I'm not sure what the collective noun for that is, but um, but there's a thing called EKS Connector, which is kind of handy. Vipin, tell us a bit about that because uh, I'm sure a lot of folks haven't heard of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can call it uh, you know anything like you said a tool, a capability, a thing. <laughs> so EKS Connector is essentially you know it's a client side agent. It's very lightweight. It's fully open source. So it's an agent that you would install on your Kubernetes cluster can be any upstream conformant Kubernetes cluster. And you can also use it with EKS Anywhere because EKS Anywhere is upstream Kubernetes conformant. So what this agent does is it lets you register and connect your Kubernetes cluster to the AWS cloud. And you get a single pane of glass view to visualize all of your clusters. No matter where they're running, it could be on-premises, it could be on multiple clouds. And you can see all of these clusters get like, you know, status, configuration and workload information all on one single pane of glass on the EKS console in the cloud.
1: So Vip, and then the, the final question I have for our episode today, which is that the big question is how much does EKS Anywhere
0: cost? Yeah, great question, Simon. And uh, finally, we got there.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been hiding it away. I didn't want to mention it.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. So I've got some good news. So Amazon EKS Anywhere is available as open source software that you, customers can freely download and install on their existing hardware in their data centers. There's really no upfront commitment or fees to use Amazon EKS Anywhere. Customers can purchase Amazon EKS Anywhere enterprise subscriptions to get additional tooling. You know, So let's say customers want a container registry. So we ship Harbor, which is an open source container registry that customers can get access to through these subscriptions. Similarly, uh, we have tooling for load balancers as well as Ingress controllers that customers can get using these subscriptions. And what's what's nice is that all of these are supported. So customers can get 24-7 support from AWS's highly trained engineers and subject matter experts for all of these components that we ship with EKS Anywhere. And our goal is to help customers reduce costs and avoid having to maintain multiple open source or third-party tools. And basically, they have AWS as the single point of contact for anything related to Kubernetes, be it in the cloud or on-premises, and along with all our open source tooling that we ship, including bottle Rocket, Cilium, Flux, and more.
1: It's a great way to solve for, as I mentioned, that undifferentiated heavy lifting, that complexity of running these things. Uh, if you've got a, a fleet of hardware that you need to run, that's going to take a lot of your time. So if you don't have to worry about the different flavors of distributions of Kubernetes and the other components and how to make it work, you can use this and you don't have to spend that time. Hey, Vipin, yep. thanks so much for coming along and telling us all about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Simon. And we'd love for customers to you know take EKS Anywhere on bare metal for a test drive. And uh, if they need any help getting started, we'll post some links in the podcast description that will help them get in touch with us.
1: Thanks very much. And Pooja, thanks so much for for coming on and and telling us all about it and all the late, late hours I'm sure you spent trying to get various combinations of hardware to work so that our listeners don't have to do it themselves.
2: Yes. Thank you so much, Simon. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Yep.
1: And we do love to get your feedback the place to do it is Podcast at amazon.com or you can leave verbal feedback on our website as well you can record it and upload it and you can uh, tell us what you think and of course until next time keep on building